Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, hey, Michigan Maniacs. This is the Michigan Football Rant with your host, Adam Brewer. This is the reaction episode, Colorado State. Okay, before we get into it, guys, all housekeeping, uh, you know, YouTube, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube and Instagram, really, at this point. I can't stand Twitter. I know I'm probably not doing myself a service by not being on Twitter or giving a crap about Twitter now, but it's it's annoying, so I'm not doing it. Um, anyways, let's get into it. Uh, wow. I mean, there's really no need to do a whole lot of numbers in this one just because it was a pure domination. I mean, we'll do some numbers that kind of spice it up a bit, but there's really no need to dive into the numbers here because one of the keys to victory and basically the only key to victory I had in big game pregame was show up. And boy, did they show up. I mean, there are really two main themes in this, uh, in this game that I really, uh, found interesting. And, um, one quarterback play, because that was such a big, big uh lead in a big subject matter before the before the season started and the big drama leading up to it and then how um each quarterback probably handled the press afterwards was a little bit interesting then but bef- but before I get into that well actually you know what let's just get into that I thought if this was a if this was the rehearsal this was the dress rehearsal this was the time for Cade McNamara to really prove that this was his team that this that he was the Big 10 uh, winning quarterback that he was going to do it again uh he fell short in my opinion he started off uh awful he didn't really improve that much he only had 9 9 passes I think I think he only threw the ball 9 times uh, now, I, you could probably say, well, Harbaugh and the offensive coordinating staff did not give him the the plays for him to be successful. Well, I don't know. If you watch the game, you start off that way and you're not really looking that great, and then your wide receivers are not catching the balls that are thrown to you, that are thrown to them. <clears throat> they we got to score points somehow. You don't want to be in a dogfight with Colorado State. You know, I mean, the fact that we were even – down the the fact that we're even only up twenty three to nothing at halftime speaks volumes because what was that six? I do we have like three field goals and all three of them were in the red zone against Colorado State. <clears throat> Cade produces points, but more not more times than not he'll produce field goals. JJ came in. The, the offense looked fluid. The offense looked, I mean, smart. The defense didn't know if they could go after J.J. or after the running back. And just that doubt alone created holes, created opportunity, 
and it just seemed better, in my opinion. Well, we're going to find out next week, and I can guarantee you that JJ is not going to take this opportunity and blow it off like it seemed like uh, Cade did. I think Cade really believed that this was his starting job. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I've seen players in the NFL always have to play like they're playing for their job every year, especially at the quarterback position. A buddy of mine who played in the NFL straight was told by one of his coaches, don't get comfortable because this, these teams, these owners, they are actively trying to replace you. Every year, and that's just the way it is. That's what the draft is, right? They are constantly drafting your replacement. And it's up to you to stop them from taking your job. So if Cade really wants to be an NFL quarterback, he's got to get used to people trying to take his job. And he played as if he was looking over his shoulder. And that's not a good thing for a guy who wants to aspire to be an NFL quarterback. In my opinion, it was just a poor showing. And then he kind of was grumpy afterwards. Sorry, dude. They don't owe you shit. You won the Big Ten for us. Yay. Thank you, God. You're a great leader. You're all these things. I really appreciate it. But you cannot say, well, I won the Big Ten, so I deserve I deserve this spot. No. You deserve the spot to earn it. You deserve the spot to say, well, I get the right to try it first. That's fine. And you got the first, you got first right of refusal, and you fucked it up. Well, we'll see. Maybe JJ comes in and looks like shit next week, right? And then maybe Kate can save himself because we'll know Kate will play in probably the third and fourth quarter, just like JJ did this week. Because I mean, I would assume we'll probably be up like forty. Here, here's the thing. This is what I really want to watch next week. Does JJ, when we're in the red zone, because we will be in the red zone against Vanderbilt. Do does he turn those those opportunities into touchdowns or does he turn those opportunities into field goals? And right there will tell you how who's going to win that that quarterback battle. Who's going to win it? That's the thing that's going to happen because as long as we've known Harbaugh, he, he's always had red zone problems. Always. Last year they seemed to figure it out and that was the thing that propelled us to win the Big 10 title, right? It's because we figured out we started trading field goals in for touchdowns. Now, if JJ can trade field goals in for touchdowns, we're it's done. It's over. Thank you, Kate, for showing up. And if JJ starts to falter in some of the other games, the bigger games this year, please come in and, and settle the, the boat and let's get moving, right? Show me you can do your job as a backup quarterback, Kate, because that's probably what you're going to be in the NFL. And there's no shame in that. For God's sakes, I would love just to be a backup kicker in the NFL. So to be a backup quarterback in the NFL is a fucking, it's a, it's a dream. But that's it. That over. I think it, once JJ gets into the red zone next week and we find out what's going to happen. I mean, for God's sakes, Vanderbilt put up six, I think 600 yards rushing against Hawaii, 600 yards rushing. And 63 points. Western Kentucky put up some like 400 yards rushing or something like that. 400 yards rushing or 400 yards passing. It's something ungodly like that. And they won 45 to 17. If Western Kentucky and Vanderbilt can put up those numbers, what the hell do you think we're going to do to them? I can't wait to see what happens there. Now, 
Getting to the other part, which is the defense. I just, I am in love, in love with this defensive tackles. I love the whole defensive line thing. It's phenomenal. Our defensive backs looked great. Will Johnson, he had two trouble spots that I thought uh, were interesting, right? One, Early in the early in the first quarter, maybe second quarter, they tested him and he was able to break up the pass, uh, long pass. They tried it again at the end of the game, and uh, they got him. But to be quite honest, though, that w- I was right there. Oh, by the way, I was at the game. I'll get into that towards the end of this, but I was at the game. It was surreal. But um, I was right there, eighth row, twentieth section. It was. <laughs> A dream, but I I saw that play with my own two eyes right there in front of me, and that ball was perfectly placed. It was it was a, I mean it was a beautiful pass. If you're going to get beat, that's one way to get beat, and it's his first game ever in college football. Like it's okay, but the defensive line, I mean, for all those people who thought the defensive line we're going to take a step back. And uh, that's I'm looking straight at you, Mike Golick Jr. Like that was if you ever listen to Lockdown, please listen to Lockdown because Isaiah is a pretty good kid. Uh, I like his show, but he had Mike Golick Jr. on, and his take was, "Oh, well, Michigan's going to take a step back because of blah blah blah." The oh, you can't replace Hutchinson and Ajabo. Well, guess what? We didn't know that we had an Ajabo until he became David Ajabo. You know what I mean? Like, so how do you know that Braden McGregor ain't going to become Braden McGregor, the ass-kicking motherfucker? You know what I mean? No one knows this season. But I'll tell you, I know it was only Colorado State, but those defensive tackles ate them up. Ate them up. Mason Graham is a beast. Chris Chris Jenkins, it seemed like a, it seemed like a very quiet day, but... I I was specifically watching the defensive line this game. That's all I wanted to watch. And they just destroyed that that def- that offensive line. And what have I always said? I've always said if you have great defensive tackles, that helps out the pass rush more than anything because it disrupts the quarterback immediately. It disrupts the running game immediately. If you have great defensive tackle play, your your edge rushers can make big time plays because the the quarterback is running right at them. Because of the defensive tackles. And we have defensive tackles. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see what this defensive line is going to do against Maryland. I can't wait to see what this defensive line is going to do against Penn State. I definitely can't wait to see what this defensive line is going to do against Michigan State. I'm telling you, after watching the games this week, nobody in the Big Ten outside of Michigan really looked that great. Nobody. So I can't, well, I guess Wisconsin, I'll give it to Wisconsin. They did look good. I mean, they looked very Wisconsin-y, you know what I mean? But they were good. Um, but I can't wait because Penn State passes the ball, has an awful, and I mean awful, offensive line. We are going to destroy Sean What's-His-Nuts, uh, Sean Clifford. We're going to, oh, my God, I can't wait. I can't wait. And if we, uh, 
I just I'm too excited about this defensive line. And then Mike Sainer still looks like he was born to play defense, like obviously he did in high school and all that. But still, he it, it seemed like he there's no time off. He looked amazing. Oh, DJ Turner, my dude, looked amazing as well. I mean, a pickup fumble return for a touchdown, shutting dudes down. I mean, he just ah, the, we're looking so good. Right now, defensively. I mean, I know it's Colorado State, but do you remember those those days when we were playing Army and we were just happy to beat Army? The, remember? Remember the Don Brown years of horse shit? This is not the Don Brown years. This is just amazing defense. I mean, every edge rusher we have, Derek Brown, uh, uh, the guy, number 18, unbelievable. I mean, so many. It was like, oh, it was like an ocean of defense waves just crashing down on Colorado State. It was phenomenal. I mean, I don't know what more to take from this. I, I wish I could give you a longer, a longer episode, but we dominated defensively. We looked kind of mediocre on offense. I mean, it was, we. You could see we have the talent. But it, in my opinion, the offensive line started off slow, started off shaking, got better as the game went on. Um, I don't know if that's because of some injuries right off the bat. You know, Ryan Hazen start, and then uh, Barnhart left, uh, I think, the first half uh, with an injury. So maybe that's it. I know offense usually takes longer to start working as Ohio State is a perfect example of that. They always look like dog shit at the beginning of the year. And by like week four or five, I mean, they are humming along. So maybe that's just it. Maybe, you know, that's just so much more complicated, the offense maybe. I don't know. But I I liked what I saw from the running backs. I think we're going to have a fantastic uh, running back duo in Edwards and Corum. Corum just he he just looks so fast. He I just in person I just couldn't believe it. It was it was impressive. It really was impressive. He hits that hole like a Mack truck, and then he's out of it like a fucking Ferrari. It was it was so impressive. I to watch these kids play up close and personal. Uh, it was really just a dream. I mean, it was a nightmare getting there. Absolute nightmare getting there, and I'll, I'll probably break that down a little bit later, or tell you at the end of this. But uh, I like what I saw from the def- I mean, from the running backs, wide receivers. I would like to see what the wide receivers can do, but when you have someone like Cade McNamara, this is what you get from your wide receiving court. Just remember that you can have all the greatest wide receivers in the world, but if you don't have a quarterback that can get it to them, it doesn't matter. Randy Moss isn't Randy Moss if he has. Uh, Trent Dilfer, you know what I mean? He just isn't. If you don't have a guy who can get the ball to them on a regular basis instead of skipping it at their feet, you just never know. Guess what? Randy Moss isn't Randy Moss if you have Shea Patterson. Just nobody's nobody. When you, I mean, look, at we had Nico Collins and DPJ, and they were nobodies in the Big Ten. And look what they're going to – well, DPJ has been a solid wide receiver in the NFL. And I think Nico, watch Nico this year. I think he's going to take off. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I love Cade, and I don't want to bash on Cade because I like him as a leader. I like him as a kid. I think he's a really good person. I really do. I like him way more than I ever liked Shea Patterson. And I don't like bashing on him. But 
I, I, he's taking us. He, he's gone as far as he can go. They said that he's all oh, the best camp he's ever had, best this ever, and they showed up and he looked exactly like he looked last season. Still skipping shit off the ground. Still, uh, him and CJ just do not mesh that well. CJ, I don't know if I'm very impressed with CJ or I'm annoyed by CJ. Not really sure about any of that right now with him. Uh, tight ends look like they're going to be solid as hell. I mean, this is a pretty decent... Uh, this was a great game. This was just a lot of fun to be around. It was hot as hell. So, getting into that, uh, i trying to get to my first Michigan game of all time. I'm 46 years old. I've been a Michigan fan since 83. Jimmy Harbs was the goddamn quarterback. Our Harbaugh man was the Har- was the quarterback at the time. Um, anyways, never been to one. My girlfriend surprised me with... Uh, with tickets, I mean amazing tickets. Section 20, uh, row 8. By the way, it's a journey to get down to row 8 when you walk out into the stadium at like 75 or whatever. And seat 15 and 16. Unbelievable seats. Uh, glorious. But hot as hell. I mean, you know it's hot when as you're walking into the stadium, two people are getting carted off because of heat exhaustion. You're like, whoa, what is happening? <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Uh, but, you know, I lived in Arizona. I live in Texas now. So the heat, yeah, I got it. It's not, you know, it's hot for, for the Midwest, but it, it's nothing I couldn't handle. Um, get there. Watch. I mean, to get to Detroit was a nightmare. Was a nightmare. I work for an airline, so I I have flight benefits, and I can usually fly anywhere I want to without any real trouble. Well, I didn't realize that this was a holiday weekend. Also, I didn't realize because Michigan made it to the playoffs, everybody and their mother is going to fly to the first Michigan game of the season. I mean, I checked all cities that flew into Detroit, and that's at least six or seven cities. All of them were booked solid so i had to literally spend way more money than i expected but worth it so worth everything i ever spent in this whole weekend it was phenomenal the only thing that was sad was that my girlfriend was going to surprise me with a uh stadium tour that got screwed up because of our travel the airline so anyways uh lesson learned we're gonna when we when we want to go to the next michigan game we're going to go on Thursday, <laughs> so we have a little bit more wiggle room. Uh, but it was, overall, great game by the by the team. I was very happy. Uh, oh, I wanted to add this, and I forgot. I was in the crowd, and the crowd cheered for J.J. McCarthy when he, when he came in in the second half. They, I think they even cheered for him on his first on his first go in the first in the first quarter. That one or two plays he had, but they cheered as Cade was coming off. They were cheering as JJ was coming on. I, I feel I felt bad for Cade in that moment, but like I've always said, we as Michigan football fans and Michigan football program, I don't think either one of us are satisfied with just winning the big 10. We have higher aspirations and that is winning a national title. And I, I, I really like Kate. I just don't think he's it. Um, so anyways, I want to get out of here. This was a fantastic game. I can't wait till, um, to watch to watch JJ this week. It is going to be breathtaking, I think. Um, 
the big game pregame will be coming out either tomorrow or the next day. Probably look for it on Wednesday. Uh, guys, this has been fun. I just, I love doing this show. I love the support. I love the numbers have been creeping up once again. Fantastic. Uh, especially with how many more new Michigan podcasts and Michigan shows on YouTube and shit are like, are on now. So, uh, just that you guys have stuck with me and we're, and we're building up again. It's fantastic. I really appreciate you guys. Um, and always remember guys, always and forever go blue.